You are listening to the Therefore I Geek podcast, episode 16. I look at her and she looks at me. In her eyes I see the sea. I don't see what she sees in a man like me. She says she loves me. Her eyes. Yeah, her eyes. Her Hi everybody, I'm Andrew. And I'm Lakshmi Shang. This is NPR from Washington. No, it's not. Just go ahead. No, it's not. But we'd like you to think of it. No, we'd like NPR's numbers. We'll put it that way. No, everybody, this is Therefore I Geek. And uh, today I have Joseph DePaul with me, one of our uh, guest writers. And I'm, I'm happy to be here because I felt very left out the last time I walk into the house and there's like 60 people in the kitchen all having a good time and I was excluded <laughs> from it. Even though I could not talk about the topic you were, what were you like comic books you were reading? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could have just complained about preacher more. Probably. Get, guess the post three preacher still having problems. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh, uh, Joseph is one of my, my standing friends. We've known each other for about 11 years now, which is, um, more than a little disturbing. I think impressive. In in many ways, and yeah, disappointing in others. Yeah, <laughs> that that that's probably an accurate uh, description. Um, people who know me a little bit a little bit better um, know that I commonly refer to, to Joseph as Dude. Uh, it's a nickname given to him by a college professor of ours who actually introduced us. So pretty well throughout the podcast, I will be referring to him as Dude. It is me- one of my many aliases that I have had over my very impressive and mundane life. Usually people who have different names have some sort of exciting stories behind them. I don't. I just I just changed my name to be mysterious to people who doesn't matter to yeah, me. Yeah, or Rocco yelled it out in a yeah, somewhat somewhat drunken Right. Um I'll take that. <laughs> so you and I got back into comics. I mean I got into them, you got back into them kind of about the same time. Um we tagged along with our friend Chris to New York Comic Con, which uh is just about to happen this weekend. Which when, is going to be the first. I'm going to miss it. I'm yeah. going to miss it for the first time in about, how long is it? Eight years now. Yep. This will be the first time I miss it. Although I will say I very much enjoyed the Baltimore Comic Book Convention. Yeah, that was it. That was so it made incredible, up it. incredibly fun. Um, it, was, it was a lot like New York used to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, but for the, for the people listening, obviously, you know, New York is coming up this weekend for us. As we're recording it, it'll be uh, just past when when this podcast is released. But we thought we'd go ahead and talk about some of our uh, our, our favorite convention memories and convention stories. Uh, and given the fact that Dude has been with me for pretty well most of them. Yeah, I mean, you've recently gone on this like new spat of comic book conventions across the country. I'm going to go to Seattle and Arizona. And I'm like, I'm still in Tidewater because I'm broke. So you get to have all the like fun stories. Really, what this is is you are going to remind me of events I've tried to block out. That's really what it's going to be. Repressed memories. Repressed memories of of awkward convention situations. Yeah, thankfully only a couple like directly involved you being, with being awkward. Right. This is true. Um, Usually they involved other people, and I just witnessed it. Yep. Which is like the story of my life. I just other people live very interesting lives, and I'm just better at telling the story than they are. Very true. So which one? Do we, what are we starting with? Are we going all the way back? Yeah, I think we should go all the way back. All right, which one? Where's your list? What are we doing? So uh, the, fir- the first one we got to talk about is the, is is the very first New York Comic Con we went to. Okay. So how did how did you end up going? So we t- we tagged along with Chris. I think we but- tagged along Chris. This was two thousand six, I think. I don't have too much of a memory. This was the one where it was like at the same time there's like a boat convention going on, right? It was a travel show, a I think. Travel show. And I just remember just walking. I don't have too What Did anything specifically happen here? Nothing. I just remember meeting Eastman for the first time. And that was a big deal. Because that's the reason why I got back into comics. Was I got really heavy into heavy metal. Yeah. And Kevin Eastman was a lot of fun. I mean, you talked to him for probably... Talked to him personally Mm -hmm. for probably close to two hours. Yeah. On Sunday. Right. Yeah. Because there was really nothing much to do. We were just hanging out. I think my key memory was uh, Jonan Vasquez. That's the yeah, I had, I, for, had I had forgotten about that. We're like, this poor guy, and we haven't seen him since. 
We've not seen him in a convention. I've, I've, I've gotten signatures from him twice. Okay, since, I but. have not seen him in person since. But I do remember I was a big fan of Invader Zim and we we're like, let's go to these panels. Because back then, you could get into panels without having to camp out in the convention. Yeah. And bring like fig bars to survive lunch. So like we would just walk in. Because it was the same year we walked into the Venture Brothers panel. Like late. Yeah, Try in, doing that now. Walked into the Venture Brothers panel late. And it was in a room that held maybe 100 people. If that, yeah. It was one of the little rooms off to the yeah. side downstairs. Not the, the grand IGN theater they have there. Yeah. That, you know, not, not the zoo that it has become. Oh, God, no. And we hung out talking to them for probably a good 10, 15 minutes afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's some really blurry pictures that Chris took. Yeah, because we were all trying to do the Gome Team Venture thing. And, and it was just... And Chris, Chris is like palsy of some well, kind. Well, he can't, he can't handle... He's basically... You know, in when it comes to a camera, he's basically as coordinated as Michael J. Fox with this thing. Is that you give him a camera and he immediately is afraid he's going to drop it. And he's to, for those of you who can't see what I'm doing, I'm holding my recently dead phone and shaking it because that's basically the the photos that we have still on Facebook of us. Are they really? I'll, go, I'll see if I see if I can find it's them. On one of my other many. I'll see if I can. I'll see if I can find them and, and pull them. They're on. on there somewhere. Put them on the website. Yeah. My hair was shorter, and at the time, I thought it'd be cool to wear button-down shirts with sweaters over them. I do. I just what I all right, let's let's take these in order. I remember. I remember Vasquez's panel, and I remember how he opened with he had to explain that he didn't hate his fans. He just hated some of his fans. I have to be closer. Okay. Well, but there you We're go. gonna edit that part out. Leave it in. Leave it in. It's it's awkward. I like. I live <laughs> for awkward. I just remember he had this thing where he had to read an email from one of the fans that he didn't like to give an example of fans that he doesn't like. Yeah, and you know, I didn't, I didn't fully understand. Like he mentioned, like being a, like afraid of some of his fans, right? And I didn't quite get that until I got his autograph a couple years later. Um, I think on I got, back in Phoenix. I went home for a Christmas. And uh, he was doing a signing on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And the two, like, 14, 15-year-old girls in front of me were creeping me the fuck out. Oh, we can say fuck on this? Yes. Yes! <laughs> they were creeping me out. And, like, they weren't, I weren't, they weren't my fans. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I was, I was weirded out for him. How long ago has Invader Zim been? I mean, it's, has it been over a decade? Uh, I think so. Okay, so like they were three when Invader Zim came out. Right. So I that stuff in and of itself amazes me. I, and again, I have to admit, I haven't been really following up with the guy's work. I actually remember asking him when he had his little table, like, hey, you know, I'm a fan of Invader Zim. What other stuff are you interested in? And he gave me a list, and I forgot it. So I have no idea what he's been doing. Yeah. I, I just remember clearly he, he read this little email from a fan about basically lambasting him and not being up to date with what he's doing, kind of like I am now. And then he he kind of explains the whole thing. So then he does Q&A. The whole thing was Q&A. Yeah. And for the most part, what impressed me about the guy is he was incredibly articulate, incredibly thoughtful, had these really interesting uh, points of view. Like at the time, YouTube was just a new thing. Like, that was a big deal. So people were asking him, hey, how do you feel about Invader Zim being on YouTube? And he actually said something really interesting. He's like, I wish YouTube was around when Invader Zim was on. Yeah. Because then people would actually watch the bloody show. I, I, I also remember, there are two things I remember from that panel. One was that the, the feeling he had that he'd been misled a little bit when with Invader Zim. Because he was asked to do a show for Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. And when he thought show for Nickelodeon, he thought Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life. Those really did stuff, and that's why he did Zim the way he did it. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, "This isn't what we want. This is terrible. You need to change it. You need to stop." And he's like, "You know what's going on? That's that's bullshit." Yeah, I mean, it fit the canon of early Nickelodeon, like oh m- yeah, mid to late '90s Nickelodeon, maybe even early. Yeah. I don't remember early '90s Nickelodeon very well, but I remember mid to late '90s Nickelodeon, like like Rocco's Modern Life had some seriously obscure references in it. Not just that, he worked he worked on a fucking sex hotline, right? Right. Like, he, right. he was a 1-900 operator. Yes, yes. That's all very true. Now that's... And there's an episode of Rocco's Modern Life where Heifer is basically watching Rocco get milk butt naked. Like, it's basically a Peeping Tom episode. Right. And, like, Rocco's got the black bar for his junk. Yeah, the other thing that got me about um, Yana Vasquez that I remember was 
he had said like early in the panel, Invader Zim is not coming back. Yes. And then someone walked in about 10 minutes later. Like he, he was like, look, look, I'm just going to put this out there. Start off the panel this way. So I don't, so I don't get this question. And someone came into the panel late and he's like, Hey, so I heard Invader Zim's coming back. He goes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, just moved right on. Right. Right. <laughs> like, I, I remember the one question I remember really clearly is there were the, again, creepy 13 year old girls, probably the same ones you saw in, in, in Arizona. They didn't age. They just stayed that age. And one of the, and they would just ask him surreal, dumb questions that he didn't have the patience right. for. Right. Because for whatever reason, people can't separate a person's personality from their work. And she was like, "If you, what would you prefer, a pink or purple chihuahua? Or some dumb question along yeah. those lines. And he's like, I'd probably throw them into traffic or something. Like, you know, he's like, basically, I'm going to feed it to a python. Yeah. Like, I don't want your dog. And then the other girl was like, can I get a hug? And he was like, no. Because... Based on what I've seen of, of Vasquez's friends, uh, fans, uh, one of them might knife him. And, and he's there ain't a whole lot to him. He's tiny. He's a little guy, like a four-inch butter knife would go through the other, yeah. out the other end. So what, what's next? So I think I think one of the the defining moments for you and I in in comics um, happened completely unexpected. Mm-hmm. I think I know where we're going with this. As we were going up an escalator. Oh, okay. We're going up the escalator and it was right near New York for some reason used to have this like random side stage in the very front of the building. Yep. Not, not outside, but just inside, but in the front of the building. And I thought it was all the way on the, on the South side of the building. I thought that was the South side. Yeah. But it was like, it was like, I mean, yeah, it was in the front. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was facing is the Southern wall. Yeah. 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 And it was what, what the comic soapbox? What the hell? I don't know what it was. I mean, so, this is kind of our introduction into fan into the, the the horrifying, serious fandom. Yeah, we care way too much about this stuff. Um, so as we're as we're we're just walking past, and basically like, you know, at other points in the day, they had like lightsaber fights on this stage, and it yep. was just kind of like, it was kind of like the D real stage, you know, where just like whomever could basically have signed up for what whatever. It was like, hey, we got a free stage. You want yeah. to do crap on it? Go for it. Yeah. And we walked past, and a guy was essentially delivering a manifesto. That's that's the the best way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. And so we're going up the escalator, and all either of us can remember from this entire you know entire thing is, and what they did to Green Lantern in the nineties was a travesty. <laughs> I don't. So he said in the nineties. Yeah, he said okay, in the nineties. All I remember is what they did to Green Lantern. It's travesty. There's something to that effect. Yeah. And we're just going up going, what the hell is this guy talking? Now, of course, uh, no no one knows me from Adam on this podcast. So I'm not the Marvel superhero, DC superhero fan. Right. right? So I, I have no, I'm the heavy metal, I'm the weirdo heavy metal fan, the the Kevin Eastman fan. I, I like the, the, the Brian Wood stuff, the, all, all the historical crime, Western noir. If it has a cape in it, I'm not going to read it. Right. Chances are. So whatever he was talking about, I just took him on face value. Well, the first thing we kind of looked at, we're like, I don't know what he's talking about, but we were both nearly certain that travesty was not the correct description for what happened. Well, I tell you, I almost wanted to start walking the opposite direction down the elevator to see what else he had to <laughs> yeah, say. Find out. I was like, what is he talking about? This this guy's interesting. Yeah. Um, now, I found out what they did to Green Lantern in the 90s. Yeah, that's what made me laugh the most. <laughs> Is like you and I had this conversation maybe only a couple years ago, like yeah. relatively recently. And you came into the room and you were like, hey, remember that guy from the Comic-Con who was like complaining about what they did to Green Lantern being a travesty? It's like, yeah. He really wasn't wrong. <laughs> that's basically how no, you describe no. it. He was wrong. Oh, he was wrong. Yeah. Oh, I thought, no, see, that's why I don't that was, remember. That was, no, that was, yeah, that was not a travesty. It was like. I like what they did. I mean, oh, okay. I didn't like Kyle. I mean, I guess Kyle Rayner's a travesty. I could count okay. that. But like, like what they did to Hal Jordan. No, that was awesome. Okay. I thought it was like, he wasn't wrong. I was like, oh, okay. Was like Hal scary. Jordan, like, like got possessed by something, went nuts and killed the entire rest of the Green Lantern Corps and okay, then smashed that, the Lantern. Oh, that does sound pretty bad. The power battery. Yeah. See, part of me was like ready to give the crazy semi possibly now homeless man like a point. Nope. Like score went up for the crazies, but no, they're still like, oh, and 75,000. Yeah, good for them. I think, I think that was the same. Was that the same? Was that the first year? That was the first year. Okay, so I do remember that. You also remember the ungodly cold? Yeah, holy crap! 
So, so for those of you who don't know Manhattan very well, the Javits Center is on the west side, pretty well, pretty much right against the water, except, right for, the west, the water. except for the West Side Highway. Yeah. And this was in like late January, early February. February. It, it was right in, or in, in and around my birthday because that's the entire reason I had spending money is I had a check for my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was ungodly cold. Because now if you go there, chances are they'll do this this year, is you'll be inside. Right. They line, yeah, they line you up inside. You that spiral of humanity that's all down there. We're all crammed in there so we can see who did and did not take a shower. Right, and 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 you understand what cattle going to the slaughter feel like? Oh, absolutely! Like, and it's and it's it doesn't seem that bad because they all we all seem pretty happy. I'm sure the cows are thrilled. Yeah, you want to see Stanley? So <laughs> yeah, the cows are wanting to see Stanley. Stanley. <laughs> Stanley's like one of those years. Stanley's like going through the sea of humanity. Yeah, that was that was funny. It was weird, but this one, you're going north up four or five New York City blocks. Six, six ups. We went. It, it went. One long block mm-hmm. uh, east, north six short blocks, and then back west another long block. Down an avenue. Yeah. Yeah. Out in, I mean, it's morning. It's it's January. It's January, early so, February, yeah. in New York, which is abysmal. You're on the Hudson River. You're next yep. to, you're within eyesight of New Jersey, which is hard enough to, to do. Right. It's windy. And it's windy, and it's bitter, and it's cold. And there was this chicken cosplay, like walking, like <laughs> oh, all the way, that. all the way up to the like. We've already been online forty five minutes, and we're just like dealing with this shit. Right. And this chick's just seeing the end of the line or the yeah. start of the line, whatever oh, it's God. called. He's like, God, God, they should let people in at nine. <laughs> She's like, the girl's got a point. Not just not just that she was wearing like leggings. Oh yeah, like she was she was in bad shape for mm-hmm. that. And I mean, like, like we were freezing, and I have I have you know. A full-length black leather trench coat, a hat, a scarf, jeans, boots. Mm-hmm. Like I am actually, I am probably dressed for this, which mm-hmm. you know, coming from Arizona is kind of an impressive statement. Yeah, but you had been in the Northeast a couple times. You had gone yeah, through no, your no, first yeah. like shit. Fuck me, this is winter. Fuck, like this is what's happening. Yeah, like we've already, and like I grew up there, so I'm I'm fine. I'm just my face is peeling off, <laughs> which is what yeah. happens. Yeah. And oh, I just got to listen to Chris, which just like numbs the senses anyway. So I do remember that. <laughs> so what's next? Uh, probably one of my favorite stories. And one, one, one that if you've been uh, reading the blog for a while is familiar. Um, and if you haven't, go back and read it. What do we talk about? The Playmate. Okay. Yeah. So I've got a new Playmate story that happened a couple of years ago. That I don't know about, so which was really lame. So I'll I'll do the I'll do the lame one first okay. because like as as the audience may not know, I'm also a magician. I'm also a comic, and so now and, I have and some, yet he hasn't been funny, right? Not yet in this whole time, um, which is why you don't know my name at all. Is why you don't know who I am, <laughs> and so and this this leads into it. So I'm, I didn't see this last year, and I don't know if they were. I know Tara Patrick was there last year, but. Um, there's this just strange connection between comic book fans, sci-fi fans, and then like wrestling and playmates and porn stars. Yeah. And it's, the, the connection is not, is not canonical. There's no, there's not like a genre you can connect these two. Or there's, there's no Marvel Playboy crossover event. No, there's none of that. It's just that uh, comic book nerds love porn. That's basically it. Right. And wrestling. Cause, and wrestling, sort of. Because either, either they're, you know, they're built like twigs or they're built like... You know, offensive linemen without the athletic ability. Right. So basically, it's you and I are the dichotomy here. Yeah. Basically. So, and what always got me about the wrestling thing was like, I don't know who these people are, and they would harass you as you pass them. They'd absolutely would. They're like, hey, do you want to take a picture with with um, uh, Meatball Sausage guy? I was like, I don't know who that is. Do you want to take a picture with Diane? No. And then like giving me crap like. Ugh. You don't want to take a picture? Like, not now. You just made fun of me. Right. I don't want to take a picture with your nobody. I mean, I was like, that's not. So at this point, I've gotten used to them. This is last year. So I'm just like talking to the playmates now, like just just, just to spite them or something. Just, <laughs> and like, uh, I'm going to do a card trick for the playmates because that's what I do with, with, with hot women. I don't know how to con- converse with them in any way, shape, or form, but I can do a card trick for them. It's a lot of fun at Hooters, though. Oh, it's great. The Hooters chicks run away scared yeah their mind their minds actually like melt it's kind of right. funny. Well, they don't have much of a mind to melt anyway so specific you know latent heat required to melt a hoodie waitress <laughs> mind is not really that high um so i'm gonna do this card trick for these two playmates 
and I get maybe 15 seconds into it, and both of them start to do their makeup. Like, oh. they completely stop paying attention oh. to this. So I'm looking down at my hands, what I'm not supposed to do anyway, and I'm, I'm, I'm going through the moves. And I look up, because, you know, that's what you have to do to make eye contact, and you have to be personable, because it's magic. And I look up, and both of them are, like, pat, patting stuff. For those who can't see the visual of the I'm, <laughs> I'm slapping my face, pretending like it's one of those pads that they cake uh, makeup on. Neither of these women are paying attention. They do not give a crap about what I'm doing. They, they're so used to guys creeping on them at these events that they, they're right. more than happy to make money off it. But what's funny is one of their handlers is watching the card trick. Like a guy is nice. watching the card trick behind them, very enthusiastic. And I'm like looking at the girl, like clearly she's not paying attention. So I start doing the card trick for him. <laughs> it's like, fuck these two. Like, That's nice. He's there. He's paying attention. I was like, all right, thank you for your time. And the guy was like, he knew exactly what happened. He knew I just got royally burned. Like, right. Like at that moment, I want to do a card trick for Playboy Playmates. And, and they're, now they're not paying attention. So he's like, oh, I might as well pay attention to this guy's card trick. I might as well sit through this thing. So it it is kind of funny though that you transition you know with uh, them them not paying attention mm-hmm. because the other story right they were paying a lot of attention. Yeah, you know, this to one you. was paying a lot. So this this is now five years earlier. Yeah, this is the second convention we ever went to. This is one of the Big Apple cons, which I miss sorely. Do you really? I do. I do because it was just this disaster <laughs> of nerddom that I can't get away from. I miss. That I, is a fair description. Yeah, of it. I miss. You remember the floor? It was like a oh. ballroom floor that was just pulled up and like ripped to pieces. And instead of repairing it, they just shellacked it with resin. Yep. It was like that was all they did. This thing is destroyed. Epically uneven. Epically uneven. And and ripped apart. I mean, there's nails coming up. There's the splinters. But like, because, you know, it's dangerous. They just shellacked it with resin. So like no one will get a splinter. That's basically what it was. Yeah. I for- Oh, I forgot about the floor. Um the to the guys who created Atomic Robo, this is side story but related to the uh, Big Apple Con. Um, really nice guys, and the first time I the first time I ever came across them was um, at, at one of the one of the later Big Apple Cons that we had gone to, not this first one. I still feel like I remember them from Baltimore, but you say we met them at Big Apple. The first time, yeah, first time was Big Apple. I don't. I think this is before we went to Baltimore. This is when we were still in college. Okay, okay. Because <clears throat> we, we we definitely saw them later on, but like. You know, we saw the book, and they were just getting ready to. They, they actually at, at that at that show they sold out of the first trade paperback, their first printing of the first trade. Okay. And we're like, yeah, it's kind of an interesting little book, but I don't think it's going to go over any, go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And like, in reality, I've been I am now epically wrong about this one, and I'm glad because, you know, these guys are doing really well for themselves with this book. Are, are but, they listeners? Are they? Do they listen? Do you know? I have no idea. We we've, we've we've given them information. Okay. Do they? Um, have you interviewed them? I know you've done interviews. We haven't done interviews. We've Interview. talked to them. We've done interviews. Okay. Um, but, but I just wanted to know if it was safe to mention that I haven't <coughs> read the book yet. Damn it. No, I'm still catching up. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, it is a lot of fun. But they um, last year in New York, Tracy and I were walking around. We saw them and we talked to them for a second. And I mentioned this this time I met them. And you know, we mentioned to them. And their immediate reaction when I said the Big Apple Con was they both went, huh, and had a full body shiver. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. I mean, from a, from a, from a tableist or, 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 or a vendor standpoint, oh, yeah. I can absolutely believe that. Yeah, but they just had this, this visceral full body reaction. And like Tracy didn't, had, never be, had not believed me up until that point about the Big Apple Con. Mm-hmm. And like these guys start describing it, you know, it was dark. Mm-hmm. It was hot and humid. Mm-hmm. It smelled terribly. Oh, yeah, it did. These super low ceilings. Well, parts of it were low and parts of it weren't. Right. So it threw off your, like, like you come into the main room where the vendors were and you had this big open yeah. expanse. And then you get upstairs where the artists or the comp or the, the, artists, the, or you just go to the other side of the room and the yeah. ceiling came down. Yeah. It was, it was, it's, it's a terrible it was space. Really claustrophobic. I, I mean, to an extent, yeah. It was a lot of fun, you know. No, I don't care whether or not they liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, they could suffer for it's me. Not, all you I know, want. it's not the same anymore. I wouldn't think. I, I hear it's down on Twenty Third on the pier. Or something. Wizard World, um, Wizard World owns it now. Okay. Because um, otherwise, I think with New York Comic Con coming in, they they were basically going out of business, and Wizard World bought them out. Fair enough. Yeah. Which uh, 
the Richmond comic, the Virginia Comic Con was offered that deal mm -hmm. uh, and declined. And I think that was a mistake on their yeah, part. But yeah, but <clears throat> getting back to it, is our first, you know, New York Comic Con was our first experience. Um, and Chris had gone to the New York Comic Con bef the year before that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that was his first convention, the one the one we didn't go to. Right. Well, it was certainly his <clears throat> first New York one. That was the first New York one. Yes. And um, we had not spent that much time around Chris at a convention. Mm -mm. And we hadn't learned what Chris does at conventions. We don't spend much time around Chris at the conventions. Right. Well, and here this is why. Yeah. Chris wanders off. Mm-hmm. And like doesn't tell anybody he like you turn around and Chris is gone, and then a, and then an hour and a half later you turn around and there's Chris again. Right. I mean, no announcement, none of thing. Just just he's gone for a little bit and then he's back. We didn't know this at the time, so I saw Chris stop at a booth and start flipping through comics, and then I kind of we kind of lost him. Well, right. We'll set this. Up. I mean, we're in a line here now. Yeah. We're, we're in we're in the the artist area. Yeah. With the with the, you know, the people who were in F Troop and the wrestlers and the art, you know, the, the, that whole area. Oh, yeah. With the low ceiling. And low and ceiling. And the aisleway is supposed to be wide enough for two people, like, crossing abreast. I'm tr certainly normal human beings, that's that right. I don't even think it it would have fit normal human beings. Certainly not geek, geekdom fans. With giant backpacks on. Right. right. I mean, like, it was just, it was a nightmare. So you're just... You're crammed in as tightly as possible, trying to the make our way down. The of double wide trailers are trying to pass through here. Yeah, and it was just an absolute nightmare. And and it was just this one area that that was the worst part of it. Yeah, I want to say we were like near stairs or an elevator or well, something. The, I I think it overlooked the escalators that were going up into the showroom. Uh, yeah, I think you may be right. So like horseshoot around. Yeah, so this is a particularly bad spot, and so you stopped. Because you realized we lost Chris, mm -hmm. and you were you were waiting for him to catch up, right? Because so, I was I was the leader of the pack at this time, right? So you just turned, stopped in the, the booth you were in front of, and flipped the book open, right? And then immediately flipped the book shut, right? Because I opened the book, and I just get Bush and Titties looking right back at me. <laughs> now, normally, anyone, I mean, how old are we at this point? Twenty, twenty-one, about twenty-two, probably. Really? Okay. Yeah. So like I'm I'm just boop, and there's like and I knew the lady was there like I saw the lady first right. I looked at the lady went hello and I opened the thing and there's her her you know 80s hair and 80s big tits and 80s bush looking directly at me in the face like from the thing and I was like okay fuck. now look I am not averse to looking at naked photos of somebody I'm just at that point in my life I was not used to looking at the tits of a human being on photo who were standing right next to me. You were also not expecting that no. when you opened the book. No. Because I'm like... And then, and then, like, I open the book, and I flip it shut. And I remember her... And I'm wearing my Captain Beefheart shirt. Because I remember them changing the subject later on, because they knew I was uncomfortable about this. <laughs> and um, so I open the book. Bush and titties. Flap. And then she goes, Oh, come on. They're not that bad. And I'm, like, stuck. And I look to you. <laughs> and at this point... You were, you were devoid of words of wisdom, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, there's no Chris. So I flip the book open, and I'm like, yeah, flip more t more of your tits, and book, there's your asshole, and and there's more, and huge hair, and it's just like, and I don't know what to say at the time. Nowadays, I would, but today I'm like, excellent tits. I didn't know what to do, and I'm like, and I'm just like, this is a real, this was a big book of naked pictures of her. It yeah. Was, and it was like these, for those of you who don't understand, it wasn't a book book. It was basically a portfolio. Like, it's a portfolio in these these sleeves, and in them are these prints of her naked. Like she was a playmate in the early '80s, right? And time was not good to this woman. Yeah, for the life of me, I wish I knew who this was. Yeah, I mean, it'd be amusing, but I mean, like, you know, super leathery, saggy skin. Like, time was not good to Someone this. Someone put her at in all. the tanning bed and waited for her to go ding. Yeah, Crypt Keeper comes to mind. Right. Oh, God. So I just remember getting to the end of the book and closing it. Now, like, you know, I have now inspected your naked photos from the 80s. Um, excellent. And then they'll ask me my, like, you know, good cat and beef heart shirt. They relate it to Frank Zappa. They're, they're being nice and changing right. the subject. And I'm like, yeah, great. And I turned to you, where the fuck is Chris? Yeah, to which my response, because, again, I saw Chris stop. I'm like, I was like, we lost Chris about 10 minutes ago. 
and I swear to God, you almost dislocated my shoulder. You <laughs> grabbed my arm so hard. You look like, thanks, we got to go. And just grabbed my arm and press. ripped me down the, <laughs> down the line. Which is not easy considering there's still a crush of people. Right. Like, I mean, we, we bowled over a few yeah, people in this oh, yeah. process. Like, so, a couple <laughs> people had to get pushed in between the tables yeah, for that one. This is by far one of my favorite convention stories, just because of how immediately awkward it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then, you know, I realized I wasn't the most awkward about this because we went, remember the Secaucus show, Expo, whatever it's called, <laughs> which is really not a convention. I mean, it was in literally in a hotel basement. Yeah, there were surprisingly a surprisingly large number of like C level celebrities. Like Billy D. Williams was there. Uh, the dude from Warriors. The dude Fon- from Warriors is like everywhere now, though. Oh, okay. The Fonz was there. Yeah, the, yeah. Henry, yeah. Henry Winkler was there for some. Man, he looks sad too. Well, yeah, he should have been. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you're the Fonz, and now you're in a, a Secaucus area hotel, charging like thirty, forty dollars for an interview for, for an autograph. Right. And I remember someone mentioning that at the conve- there. They're like, Henry Winkler wants like $40 for a, a signed autograph, and he's just being mopey about it. And this woman replies, well, you know what they say. The people you see on your way up are the same people you see on your way down. I was like, that is very prophetic. Yeah. The, the babe from Serenity was there. Anara, um, which is why... Uh I had a little bit of a, a, a an incident with that. Oh, really? That, I just that's the reason looking, I don't like her. She looked like she was laying eggs that day. She she was not happy. I think her publicist lied to her. <laughs> that's, I think that's what happened. That's distinctly distinctly possible. No, that was the um, we had, again. You know, this was much better than the Big Apple Con, but you know, in certain places at conventions, it just, you know, but the 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 crush of people, so you end up stopping for a moment. Mm-hmm. And I stopped, and I just kind of looked over what she had. Um, at this point, you know, I'd seen Firefly, but I was, I was not as big a fan as I am now. Mm-hmm. I, I looked over her stuff and then the crowd kept moving. So I started moving again and I don't remember exactly what she said, but she had a very, very, very snide, snarky comment about like my not buying something. Hmm. And I was just like, you know, like I don't have to buy something from you. Something like, like these nerds aren't spending money or something like that. I feel like you told me that at the time. I can't. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember the exact the exact comment, but yeah, it was something to hit up, something to uh, about us not buying stuff, and it's like, really? I think Robert Wagner was there too. No, not Robert Wagner. Richard Vaughn. Richard Vaughn, one of the Magnificent Seven, was there. Oh, okay. And like, one of the one of the other Magnificent Seven had just recently died at that point, and Robert Vaughn was telling me that he was like the last of surviving Magnificent Seven. Wow. And I thought that was really badass. But then again, we're still in a basement hotel in Secaucus. Yeah. And then our, our one of our favorite artists, Ken Kelly, was there. Yep. Um, who I, I believe is still alive. He's kind of fallen off the face of the earth, though. Right. I mean, I, last time I looked him up was a couple of years ago and still alive, still working. And I bought like that big Death Dealer print of his. Yep. Uh, and then almost one. walked away without paying. <laughs> like, I, I forgot that. about that. It was like the last thing we did at the convention. It was yeah. like, let me get that Death Dealer. Awesome. Step three, like, took three steps. He's like, you got to pay me. I was like, yeah, I do. (laughs) Yes, I do. Sorry. Here you go. Bye. I do remember that. That was also the time Chris just epically broke the bank. Yeah. Surprisingly, if you wanted to buy action figures at that little show, you were in good standing. I bought an action figure. Yeah. I bought bought, um, uh, Soundwave Transformer. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris, like Deadpool, Cable, I mean, he, he bought them all there. Um, yeah, Chris probably spent about $400 on action figures. Oh, yeah, and like he was making trips to the ATM over that, and over. That was also the show we snuck into, remember? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that no, cr- that no. Chris got caught on the way back in from the ATM. Yes, he did, because <laughs> I paid for the first day, because it was two days. Right. So I paid for the first day and went in and was like, I inspect. It was on a Friday, and yeah. then the next day I picked you two up at the train station because you guys were still staying in New York. I was I was in New Jersey at the right. time, so it was just an easy drive for me to go from my parents' house to Newark, get you at Newark, yeah, Penn, and go over to Secaucus. It was really really easy, and I'm like, okay, here's how this is going to go down. We're not paying to get into this because if you did, you're going to be pissed off like I was. Is it one like twenty bucks a day? Something something. I don't remember what. Like twenty bucks for the weekend, maybe, but like twenty bucks each day was was. Right. And the thing is, at the time, at this time, I'm really into going to see movies. 
and seeing multiple movies in the theater at the same day and not paying for them. Right. I've gotten good at this. So now I, at this point in my life, I'm looking for th- reasons not to pay for stuff. Uh, like right now, I'm at this point in my life. And I remember we were going out there, we drive, and I just remember like, I forgot, I think it was with my dad's car or something like that. And I'm explaining to you guys how we're going to, I'm parking the car and I'm like edging forward, edging forward. And then boom, I hit like the concrete parking stop. Oh, remember that? Yeah. And then it's like, we're just going to walk. We're just going to, this is how we're going to do it. These guys are going to go in and we're going to walk right in. And it worked perfectly. And you and I didn't have to pay. And we walk in and we're having a good time. And then Chris is like, comes back all massively bummed out or something. He's like, they busted me coming back. He's like, you're a fucking idiot. Because he did something dumb to get caught, too. What? I, don't even... I don't remember what it was, but he did something, like, excessively stupid to get caught going into this place. Right. But I do remember that one being a lot of fun. Never, I don't remember if that one ever happened again. No. We certainly never went back to it. No, we did not. And I remember eating, we had dinner, dinner in quotes, at, like, one of those roadside rest stops in, on the New Jersey Turnpike. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, like some like Bob's Big Boys or like something ridiculous. Um, Hardee's of New Jersey. Yeah, and I just remember them. This is how we learned that you and I could think the same without having to say anything. Because <laughs> the lady for her life could not ring up a freaking cheeseburger order, like right. at all. And we're just sitting there, and she can't do this. She cannot ring up my cheeseburger and fries. And I look to you, and you look at me, and all I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Don't know. Right, can't, can't, can't help you there. Don't know what's going on. Um, what's next? You speak, you're speaking of cheeseburgers. So I think this is okay, one, of your, yeah. one of your favorite mm-hmm. ones. Also around, around the Big Apple Con. Mm-hmm. This is probably the same con I th- with the playmate. I th- uh, I think this was the next the next one we went to, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. So the Big Apple Con used to take place in the Hotel Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. which again, if you don't know, New York is right across from Penn Station and about a block and a half down the street. I can't remember which direction. North. North. There's a McDonald's. And so it's convenient. You run out of th- you run out of there, go get McDonald's, eat for half an hour, go back. Far more convenient as far as like getting food than New York on. The, oh yeah, the Javits Center. Mm-hmm. At least the last couple of years they've they've actually like legitimately opened up the food court. Like the first few years they didn't bother opening the food court and let it was the nerds a- starve. They can lose tend to lose some weight. Right. Um so I used to, I mean I used to run out and eat like hot dogs all the time, or or we went to the McDonald's that was like four blocks down and you'd wait online for an hour and a half, that was ridiculous. No, but this one I mean you know, we you there was a line but you get your food pretty quick and everything. So as is common, we in, were sitting, we were upstairs. Well, we, not, we got a seat. That yeah, never happens. Oh yeah, well yeah, it's the thing. like New York, New York McDonald fast food places in general frequently you know. You order downstairs, you're seating upstairs. Mm-hmm. So we were upstairs sitting down, and some guy starts walking around, putting little business look card looking things on the table. It's New York. Pen handling happens all the time. You just learn to ignore it. Like that just if you've been in New York for more than about eight hours, you've seen it and you start ignoring Unless, it. Unless of course you're from the south and then you have to make a scene. Right. Unlike our friend Ben does. Oh, God. Yeah, like, no, most people get, if you're from the north, or you're from this area of the north, you just walk past homeless people. Yep. Because in New York, you see them all the time. Los Angeles, you never see them. They're like, they're, they're hidden somewhere. I'll tell you the time I almost ran over a homeless person with my bike once when I was driving, riding my bike through L.A. Ever tell you that? No. This is during my, my, I'll do this real quick. So this is during the road trip where I'm staying with Fallon, our, one of our college professors in Silver Springs, and I'm, I've taken the bicycle out and just doing a ride around L.A., and I'm coming back. And Los Angeles is not easy to navigate from a bike. Um, right. it's, it's confusing. I got lost a few times. I'm going under a bridge. And I'm going to pass this pile of garbage. I'm like, all right, it's a little narrow. I'm going to get past this pile of garbage and keep going and all that. And all of a sudden, the pile of garbage like rolls over. It <laughs> just takes a stretch. And there's a human being under that. Oh, God. And I swear, I don't know how I didn't run over that guy's arm. Oh. I came really close. They just... Pure. <laughs> so this guy was putting down in New York was putting down like these little cards, and like he kept putting them down. We just kept like we don't want to see these. Right. Well, and, and what was on the card was it was some of the of I'm I am deaf, you know, and had like ten little sign language, you know, signs, and then it said and then basically he was looking for a dollar for the card. Right. And you're a good person because you read the card. I didn't. Well, yeah, because I was just like I don't know what like I was curious what the fuck he was putting down. I think I just threw it out. 
You did. Yes. So again, we're McDonald's, and we're getting we're kind of getting ready to go. So you start cleaning up. You just put it on the cart uh, on on the tray and chuck it. Mm-hmm. The guy comes back looking for his dollar. Right. And he's. I'm like, go away, go away. Yeah, and he's not going away, and he starts tapping on the tapping on the the table, and then he starts tapping like more insistently, incessantly, mm-hmm. and like more forcefully. And of course, being from this area, that, that area right. of the country. We were ignoring him. I, I am especially ignoring him. Right. Like, I have locked him out. Like, I don't hear anything. I'm like, all right, we're going. Bye. Well, and I just leave. So, like, he, first off, he, first he walks away for a few minutes. Doesn't he? Does he? Yeah. And then he came back again. That's right. That's what I was And like, he starts pounding on the table. That's what I'm like. That, this is our moment. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, you and I got up and left real quick. Yeah, but Chris had a ton of crap with him. Right. So, Chris got moving slower. And the other thing that was about the McDonald's, you got to understand about the McDonald's, is that there was, there's the, the, the stairs inside. There's also, like, an emergency stairs. Emergency, but, you know. There's Alternate another... exit. Yeah. That basically just kick you out a metal door onto the, right onto the street. So, we just took that. So, we get, we get to the bottom of the stairs. We turn around. We're like, again, where's Chris? And then about... 15 seconds later, we hear this pinging sound against the metal door and Chris comes running out the door with his hands covering his head yeah. with and change come flying out the door behind him. But Chris was amazingly calm because he doesn't go like, he doesn't say anything, he doesn't yell, he doesn't scream. He just he turns to me and goes, the nerve of that guy. Yeah, that was great. But basically what happened is the deaf guy had started winging fistfuls of change at what, Chris which, which just, for something you had done. Yeah, that's true. That was totally my fault. <laughs> but still, I, I just questioned like how much he needed my money if he was that willing to wing change at people. Right. I thought every cent counted. Right, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I agree with you on that sentiment, but just the fact that he was throwing fistfuls of change at Chris. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't regret. <laughs> totally worth No, it. you what, shouldn't. Okay, what's it was next? a lot of fun. What's next? What's the next con story? Uh, not so much of a story, but I always enjoyed our uh, our over under games with the cosplayers. Yeah, I do remember those. Um, Deadpool's kind of broken that game now because everyone's Deadpool all the time. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like you can say, you know, you can you you, you can do the over unders with with Deadpool, and and before you're before you've gotten into the building, yeah, you, you're you're you've done. Gotten through about half a dozen Deadpools. Yeah. So so I'm basically the over under game is you know we take bets. You know, we pick pick a certain costume, and you you would take a, take bets and say, you know, I think I'm going to see more than X number, and you think, oh, I'm, I'm I think we're going to see less than X number, a, a different. You know, Do you know y how number. I developed that game? This is a game my dad perfected when he used to go to church. No, like with my mom. Right. So, like, my my mom's side of the family is a big Italian family, and the, the family church is Saint Lupo's in Jersey, Jersey City. So there's always the Saint, Saint Lupo's Lupo. Mass because that's where the, the that's the town. That's the saint or something that saved the town where my family is from in Italy. Or at least my mom's side of the family is from. So there's always this part where they do traditional Italian mass part. And he speaks in Italian. And no one in the damn audience can understand except maybe three relatives that still remember Italian or one or two that learned it. Right, right. You know, the the 99-year-old from the old country. Right. So the only thing my father can understand being uh, um, a Polish son of Polish immigrants right. is the phrase Lupo. That's all he can understand because <laughs> that's St. Lupo. So he would sit there and listen and the, and the, the priest would be up there and he goes, Lupo. And my dad's just sitting there counting the Lupos <laughs> on his hands. And no, I... That's the only way he could get through that part of the mass is he's counting Lupos on his oh, hand. God. So that's where I developed the over-under. It was, again, just to figure out who was popular in the year. You know, one year was Rorkshack during the Watchmen yep. years. And then, then it was the Prince. The early on, the slave, the slave layers, layers were huge. And now not so much. I blame third wave feminism, but that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. Um, and then, but like the Deadpools, you know, and I don't know much about Deadpool. Because now you've got girl, girl Deadpool, guy Deadpool, girl White Deadpool, guy white Deadpool, like I, all the different colors, multicolored Deadpools. And then like the Deadpools would break the game because one of us would run across a big photo shoot of all 57 Deadpools at one point in the right. convention. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a dead Deadpool just, just killed that, but they used to be a lot of fun. I remember right after like the economy hit the shit, uh, in 2000, late 2008. And the next yep. con was that February again. I think. 
It was early February. Yeah, because because I it was on my birthday actually because right. Chris picked me up and Chris picked me up from the airport and bought me a sandwich. And I had gotten laid off the first time of my career, and I was set to go back to California, and I I, I almost already secured a new job in Maryland by that point. Right. And I all I remember was just the weirdness of that convention. How like everyone was like yelling at each other. Strangely enough, that was a rough year. That was just very strange because like no one had money, no one wanted to spend money. The vendors had already committed. Yeah, and the vendors had committed, and people were like making unre like trying to make unreasonable deals with the vendor. Like it's a convention, you wheel and deal. That's how this thing works. But there's a certain level of like respect for the people and their wares that that is typically there. Mm-hmm. That was just out the window that year. And was this the one where the guy handed us the Gambit comic, or was that at Big Apple, where we misheard him? Oh no no no! Yeah, that was that was that year. Yeah, it that was, was that year. It was it's X Men number thirteen. It's the the first appearance of Juggernaut. Or is it Gambit or Juggernaut? That was Juggernaut. Okay, it, I thought I remember I, this as being the first appearance of Gambit. No, because I, I I got an issue, I got the issue that year just from a different vendor for, you know, not that price. Well, let's tell what the price was right. because he hands it. I I remember this being he, Gambit, and he hands he, it, and he's like, "This is the first appearance of so and so." And again, he's, I'm got, like, he's got he's got two copies. Uh huh. Okay. And he's like, "This one's eight hundred." He's like, "And this one is fifty. So, but here's the thing: is all I heard was eighty five. So when he handed it to me, again, my hearing is not very good. Right. So he handed me one copy because I remember taking this, yeah. and looking at it, and I remember saying, "How much?" And he, I heard, I hear. Eight and five. That's all right. I remember hearing. So I turned to you and Chris and I go, 85, that's not really bad. And again, I'm not an X-Men fan. Right. I just thought he was, these guys were pushing stuff. These yeah. guys, these guys were pushing comics so hard that year. They might've been those guys in Vegas who like smacked the little cards of prostitutes to hand, to hand them out to you yep. out in Vegas. That's basically what they were doing with these books. And, but again, they were still sealed in hand and go, Oh, eight, five. That's not really bad. And he goes, no, no, 850. Yeah. And I was like, Bleh. and it was like, here, take this away from me now. And then he got offended. Right. He got like, like really offended. He got massively butthurt that I did not want to hold that because just, I wasn't worth 850 in organs at that point. <laughs> right. Especially not the amount we used to drink. Yeah. Yeah. Back then. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah he's got not only massively offended that you didn't want to hold it. That we like suddenly weren't interested and like we heard 50 and I'm like, I'm like I, apolo- I apologize. I'm like, look, we misheard you. We thought you said 50 and he just starts like trying to like educate me as to the value of the book. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not telling you your book's not worth that. I'm telling you what I heard. And then when I heard you correctly, it's out of my price. Like, I, you know, just. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not saying your I'm not saying your stuff's not worth that money. I'm saying I don't have that much well, money, I, and I I should have just kindly I don't give a shit about X Men. So yeah, there's that. Too. <laughs> there's that. I don't give a crap about X Men. That was the year that I bought a bunch of stuff from Crazy Ed. Mm-hmm. I think I spent 250 bucks at his booth, mm-hmm. roughly, and that was Ed's biggest sale for Sunday. Oh yeah, and Ed is Ed is a guy uh, you can look him up online. He doesn't go to New York anymore. He was at Baltimore this last year, um, looking much much happier than I've than I had seen him last time we saw him. Oh, because um, New York has... I mean, we're not going to make this a shitting on New York Comic Con. No. Podcast, but they've priced all the cool people out, in my opinion. Yeah, but... Um, I mean, Ed... Ed intentionally buys very select stuff and sells it... Sells very select stuff. Because he knows his, he knows what he's getting. Right. You know, I've gotten very good stuff from him at a very, very good price. Purely because of that. And I was... At $250... I mean, Ed's got $1,000 comics sitting right next to the stuff I bought. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I bought, I bought the very low end of what he had. Yeah. I so I do, I do remember that. And then was that the same year where I put my, put my arm on the guys? I think it was the same year. I put my arm on the guys on the sides of the guys of a long box of a long box. And I forgot why I, I think it was Sunday and I was tired and I just didn't, I don't know. I, Chris was buying something from him. I think. No, I think that that, that, that may have actually been the guy I bought the X-Men 13 from. Well, then fuck you. This is your <laughs> fault. Because I'm tired, and I just put my arms down, like, like elbows were off the box. I just right. put my forearms down to rest for a second because Man. my shoulders have gone numb. <laughs> right. And, and the guy just goes, get your arms off my box. I'm like, hey, I'm good. That's cool. Sorry. He's like, this stuff is expensive. 
trust me, based on what the last guy said, I believe you. <laughs> He's like, you can't keep posing. Dude, I get it. Arms, arms are, are off. off the box. <laughs> I am not here. I just, he's like, listen, I was like, fuck you. I'm just done with them. I'm walking away. Fuck this convention. It was the same one. I remember a guy yelling at Ed. Do you remember that yeah. one? Yeah. And the guy was like, I'm looking for this. Da, 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 da. And he's like yapping at him what he's looking for. I was like, I'm looking for something very specific. And Ed's like, well, do you have this fantastic? I already have that one. I remember Ed going, I'm very happy for you. <laughs> like, Dear God, people. Yeah. That was, that was an interesting show. And then thankfully that was, the year before they moved New York to October. Right. When they bought out the anime convention. So, so when they bought out the anime festival, they got it. They finally got a fixed weekend in mm-hmm. October. Cause it, it was, it was waffling between April and, and February at that point. Yeah. And people were getting really pissed cause they were hitting Jewish holidays. Yeah. The, yeah. The one in April was right on, um, it was April was right on like Rosh Hashanah or something. Something like that. Um, yeah. So they, they were not happy about that. So they finally got a fixed weekend. So it was like 18 months between New York Comic Cons. Mm-hmm. And that did a world of good. Mm-hmm. Because people were way less pissed, way less ed- less edgy. It was a general uh, better convention feel. I just felt, I felt bad. And again, I don't want to make this a bitching about conventions thing. Because that's the year it started. Like the people that I came to really enjoy seeing there, like a lot of the artists and a lot of the books just got priced out. Yeah, that, that 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 first year of October, that first year in October, I think it was the last, the last year before things started getting out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I've I've written about this, and I'll, I'll go ahead and post, you know, link to it in the in the show notes. You know, I think this is this is kind of the year that New York's New York has really finally gotten gotten out of control. It's kind of been a downward slope. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I I, I want to you know there are things I want to see there. There are people I want to see. There's certainly panels I'm going to go to, you know, I'm going to spend money. It's not like I'm not going to go and I'm not like I'm going to, not going to try and go next year. But if I don't go next year, I'm not going to be, no, I mean, I would still, if I didn't have a show this weekend, I would probably at least get maybe a one day thing. Right. Cause I think the one day things are as of right now might still be available. Yeah. Uh, but doesn't look like it's going to happen unless the show gets canceled. Right. And then I'll, I'll, I'll do that, but I'm still looking forward to some of the other, convention now that now that i've found my price range i enjoyed baltimore thoroughly yes we don't really have any kind of crazy baltimore stories other than bringing my sports fan rich to the first <laughs> one and the first one we went to in 2009 and him not giving two fucks about what we brought him to yeah it also didn't help that that the yankees were in the playoffs that was the year they won the world series they were in the playoffs against the twins and the ravens were at home against the Bengals. yep so Rich found a, Rich found a bar across the street and watched the Yankees game. Yeah, yeah, he was like watching the Yankees and the and the Ravens play. Well, who lost, by the way? <laughs> who lost that year? And they lost this year to the Bengals at home. Wow. Go Orioles, by the way. As of the recording of this podcast, the Orioles have made the ALCS for the first time since 1997. Go O's. Nice. The only reason why I mention that is when I lived in Maryland for a couple of years, all they talked about because the Orioles were such a piss poor team. From like 2008, 2009, 2010, all they talked about was the farm system. So it's actually nice to see the players from that farm system like make the playoffs. Yeah. Now, I've just alienated half of your audience because I just talked sports. They're like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Possibly. Possibly. I've just destroyed your audience single-handedly. What other stories do we have that I can't can't remember anymore? No, I, I, I I think that's about that's about the end of what I remember. Typically wrapping up the show though we are we do uh, talk about kind of anything we're we're interest, interested in and in, uh, into lately. So what have you been? I'm interested in bird watching. Sadly enough, I have this book in front of me called Hawks in Flight because I work as a tour guide at a museum. We see lots of birds, but they don't teach me anything, so I have to educate myself on it. Oh, right now I got uh, an anniversary present from my girlfriend. So so, so I actually do write for the website. At some point, you I will write the film noir <laughs> thing and Preacher Three uh, on on that topic, but also Akira because Donnell got me all six of the giant omnibuses of Akira. Now I, I will tell you, Donnell specifically came to me. She's like, "Can you make sure dude does not write about Akira until after our anniversary?" Mm, right, right so, after so, her. Be, because because he's gonna want to go out and buy them, and I'm I'm getting him for his anniversary. Right. <laughs> so there was right. like I'm like, eh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, well, no, it wasn't. It's 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 not that hard because I'm broke all the time right now. 
It also helped that you already you already started writing your your second preacher review. So I'm like, ah, I think I think we're okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I I will I will try and write more. I want to try and get Tracy at least like two things a month. Yeah. And I don't know if the Hogson thing is going to happen because I've not heard back from his representatives. We'll keep trying. We'll keep trying. We'll harass- Stay tuned. He's gonna be at Tidewater Comic Con. We can harass him in person. Again. Yeah, I will harass him in person. I will be there for that. When when is that? That's next week. I actually might not next. It's a, it's a week from Saturday. My phone's dead. I'm gonna check my phone. I was gonna check the calendar on my phone. <laughs> it's the 18th, and it's dead. It's the 18th. All right, no, I am reading Akira. Yes, and I found Saga One. Thank you for finding that for me. But by finding, he means I found my copy, which means the copy in my bookshelf was actually his. You, I noticed you gave me the bent corner copy. You should see the other copy. Okay, oh, okay. <laughs> I gave you the. <laughs> I gave you the better copy. <laughs> I'm like, you motherfucker, this yeah. is bent. <laughs> the other one's been sitting in my car for like four months. Oh, no, no. Like the 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 the, the, the covers both kind of bow out to about 90 mm. degrees. Oh, yeah. Well, I got, I picked up a couple good stuff at the, at the, um. Baltimore? At Baltimore. The, the, the humanoid stuff the, yeah, and the heavy metal stuff. Yep. The, the Yodorowsky one I got through, maybe the, I skimmed through the first third of it. And that was really interesting. And the Borgia comics. From Yodorowsky and Manora, yep. dry, draw, drawing that. Those are really badass. Yes, um, those are really cool. I, I mostly got, and and then again Akira from my girlfriend. So I've got stuff I'm working on, in in, in between bird watching and doing magic, ladies. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, lately, I have been reading um, Letter Forty Four, which is from I think IDW. I think. That does interesting stuff. They've been doing Godzilla. IDW. No, no, I'm sorry. It's Oni. Okay. Um, Oni's also really cool. Yes, they are. I still have mixed feelings about how they're doing Godzilla because some of those Godzilla trades are beautiful and others look like a kid finger painted them. <laughs> like they look really bad. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Um, I started reading um, Tom King's A Once Credited Sky. I'm not too far into that yet. Tracy, are these still comics? That. That's a that's a that's a book. Oh, you just blew my mind for a second. I was like, "What are we talking about?" That's a book. That one's a, that one's a book. Okay. Um, I, I got that one in Baltimore. Letter Forty Four is a comic. That okay. one is basically it's it's kind of the a, a, an Obama like person takes takes the presidency mm-hmm. and finds out basically a letter from from President Forty Three. Mm-hmm. Basically, is um telling him that hey we found something out in, a, in the ast- in an asteroid belt out in the solar system it's definitely alien we don't know what it is so we sent a bunch of people out there mm-hmm. now it's your now it's your responsibility mm-hmm. oh um, i like that yeah i mean like like he, he explains like that's why that's why that we got into two wars was so that that you know whenever this shit went down we had combat veteran troops right 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 yeah um it, it was an interesting concept i'm only uh an issue an issue or two in mm-hmm. um and you and I have like different ways of approaching comics. You are very yes. much periodical, follow through, keep them, keep keeping them organized. Yeah. However, however, I think I've I've come to a decision um, just based on space and the fact that there's and my philosophy has been trade paperbacks right. through and through. Right. But uh, based on the space, I think they're going to devour me. Um, yeah, I mean, they will eventually well, so they I think, get to a critical mass. They become self-aware, begin to reproduce, and then kill you. Don't you know that's how most right. nerds die? No, but I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to switch to all digital comics now. Oh, really? It just, uh, so I was getting ready for New York. So you just, to go you, through. Just, you just like Ray, you just saw me and raised you the raised me the future. That's what you did. <laughs> like I will see your hatred of periodicals and raise you the future, motherfucker. <laughs> Take that. No, oh, I was looking for looking through to figure out like what I had in terms of uh, a couple of series I'm trying to collect, mm-hmm. and it's just, I've got fucking comics everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm got, the same way with I've magic got, books. I've got this is where I've got 13 long boxes, mm-hmm. 13 short boxes. That was and, mental math going on, by the way. Right, what you guys can't see is the smoke. <laughs> um, 13 13. Sh- 13 long boxes, 13 short boxes, and 12 drawers that are the size of short boxes. Now, and, and, I, and like, it, I have a bookshelf of 180 hardbound, hardcover books all on the topic of magic. But at least they're useful because you're a magician. Yeah, that's true. I'm just a fat nerd. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's, let's be realistic here. But yeah. So I think, I think that's where I'm going with things. That makes sense, though. It's just the next time your hard drive crashes, it's like, I, what is that going to do to the collector's market? 
it, that's either it, gonna... it hasn't really seemed to do a whole lot of anything. No, no, I guess. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, yeah, I haven't... I... I mean, maybe it's just so new that it, it, it's not having an effect yet, but mm-hmm. so far, so good. Yeah, I, I imagine that's got it's got to do something to it, or it just completely devalues the collectability of modern comic books. Because I remember when I tried to do that, I was like, I'm going to collect Civil War and I'm going to collect World War Hulk and get them signed and sell them on eBay. Let's see how well that worked the fuck out. Yeah, I, I mean, still... partly because I couldn't get anywhere near John Romita Jr. Yeah, I still have those issues though. I do too. They're still there. They're still there. Signed still... by Greg Pak. Yep. I have the one signed by Greg Pak. <laughs> right, because we got them signed together. Yeah, and Larry David was there. No, no, um, Peter David. Peter David was there. Larry David's the guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yep. Peter David was there, and I think he admitted that he had been pronouncing Greg's name wrong for like 15 years now. Not just that. He, that was also the time he was really aggravated with people. Using the word awesome. Yeah, using the word awesome out of, out of its appropriate context. And he had come up with an idea. He's never, as far as I know, he's never used it. I would still love to see him use it where he uh, had a drinking a contest between Strongman and Madrox. I think it was Strongman and Madrox. Where every time someone said the word awesome, Madrox had to take a drink. And by like halfway through halfway through the episode, he was like almost dead drunk mm-hmm. um, because people were saying it out of context so much. Yeah, and then he was like talking about like, he's like, this isn't awesome, but that is like the Mets just won in like an 18 inning, you know, game. That's pretty awesome, and I understand why he said that because I think those were the years where the Mets were like in the first place of the of the NL East, right? And then like two years in a row, trashed their lead to the Braves. Right. It's not 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 Red Sox collapse, but no, I, no, no. That one I, was. Super I, I am also a Mets fan, um, and those were sad days. We've also lost an additional half of the audience because we went back to sports. I heard. So, it. so we're down to no audience, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> or or am I doing bad? Well, mental the black hole is going to open up, and it's like you just divided by zero, didn't you? Damn it! <laughs> All right. So, uh, dude, where can uh, where can people find you online? You can find me online at Joseph DePaul Magic. Dot com and you can send me an email at josephdepaulmagic at yahoo.com and, and you can find me on Facebook at Joseph DePaul. Yeah, that's about it. Or Virginia Beach Magician Joseph DePaul, I think. That's my, my page. And you can yell at me and update your damn blog. That was the one thing that got me started on this because you actually like update your blog and mine goes derelict for months <laughs> thanks to the goddamn Steam sale. I get nine game. I have to beat them all. And of course, they're strategy games. So when you beat them one way, you have to beat them another way. Or you get Max Payne 3 and this game really wasn't that bad. And you play it six times. Damn it. Did you really play it six? Five. But I mean, like four and a half, really. I still haven't gotten all the golden guns. Nice. And the grinds, which I have to do. Goddamn. Arkham Arkham Origins sucked. I'm still going to try and beat it, though. I have to. I really do. And then Civ Five is just sucked. Well, the Civ life Five, and then Civ Five made me want to play Empire: Total War again, yep. just on harder difficulty, so that takes even more time out of my life. And I still have to finish Bioshock Infinity because Bioshock Two left a bad taste in my mouth. It was just—it <laughs> wasn't a bad game. I just it wasn't a good game. Either. It was incredibly unsatisfying. <laughs> like I—you have no idea who you are. Literally, in that in both games, you're really clueless about like who you are as a person. Right. Which, you know, I can kind of relate to, but, you know, no, God damn it. The end of that game was completely anticlimactic. Yeah. We need to do a gaming thing. Yeah, we do. Obviously, if you like uh, what Therefore a Geek does, head on over to iTunes and subscribe to us. Leave us a review. Go to thereforeageek.com to check out some of uh, my writing and check out some of, of uh, Joseph DePaul's writing. Read and share my reviews. Make people watch Godzilla. Over and over again. I still need to watch Godzilla. You still need to watch Godzilla. You had someone came up to me about my review of Godzilla, and like, it was a, a buddy of mine, and he read my review of Godzilla, and then he had his wife read it, and she was pissed because she wanted to rewatch the movie and see if I was wrong. Wow. And so she did, and she was even more pissed. Nice. And then he yelled at me about my review for A Dame to Kill For, because we've got the Death Star things, and I don't, I gave it like three and a half Death Stars. And, like, Jeff was like, why'd you give it three and a half? He says, I don't know how to fucking grade books. Right. At all. <laughs> Everything gets three and a half as far as I'm concerned. Nice. I did see your review for... I didn't even know you went to go see the movie. It was not good. You should have let me know. I wanted to see that disaster. I love Eva Green. I could see her fucking read the nude... The fucking phone book in... But so long as she's naked. That's really... 
That was about what it was like. Yeah, I could see I could see that. Uh, so once again, you can check us out on Facebook.com slash Therefore a Geek or on Twitter at Therefore a Geek or Tracy is at Mary Eyes. Once again, I'm Andrew. And I'm David Bing Cooley. And this has been NPR. You didn't do as much as your NPR voice as I wanted to. I'm Joseph DePaul. And you've been listening to Therefore a Geek. Yeah, now when you're sitting there in your silk upholster chair Talking to some rich folks that you know Well, I hope you don't see me In my ragged company All that you know I could never be alone Take me down, little Susie, take me down I know you think you're the queen of the underground Send me dead flowers every morning Send me dead flowers by the maid Send me dead flowers to my wedding And I won't forget to put roses on your grave In the background is our roommate uh, unpacking from food shopping. Did you food shop? Are you just, oh, you're, you're going to use the toaster oven while we're recording, aren't you? You son of a bitch. Take, take your sandals off and walk out of the room. Now. I like to yell.